welcome to the Boxing Now podcast. I am your host with many Wu-Tang names, that dude named Dave, a.k.a. <laughs> DJ, a.k.a. Dave, my government name, but we'll figure that out what you guys going to call me as we do this show here. But before I go through this litany lines of names here, let me shout out to my main man next to me here, Jorge. How's it going? Doing great, Dave. Do you have any nicknames? Uh, So growing up as a kid and in the Domino world is Papo. Papo? Papo. Papo. Yep. So That don't it, feel right. It don't feel right. It don't sound right. But in the Puerto Rican community, it's well-known new nickname. Really? Yep. Okay. I'm going to try to call you that and see if it works. If we it play does, with it. If it doesn't work, I'm going to tell you, it don't work. Whatever works for you, Dave. <laughs> hey, this is episode one, people. And before I even get to the proceedings, proceedings, let me just, ask, let me just say this to you, Jorge. We made it. We made it finally. We've been talking about doing a podcast, people, for at least a decade. We can say that for how long we've known each other, right? We've been practicing a podcast show for many, many years. Years. We can say decade, plural now. It's going to the yeah. next decade. We're, we can say we've been talking about this for decades, and here we are now. So this podcast is Boxing Now, dedicated to the Boxing Freaks fans out there. We're going to talk about everything boxing, you know, but from our perspective, you know, because we see boxing out here in these streets and no one really wants to talk about it the way it's supposed to be talked about, Jorge. No, exactly. Uh, boxing uh, you know, usually runs to the casual guy, but uh, we're, we were diehards. We yeah. watched uh, a lot of the, the fights back then when it was on the Wide World of Sports or on uh, Univision, Telemundo. Oh, wow. Back yeah. in like the Friday nights when you're watching that random guy who's fighting, but he's an up-and-comer. You didn't know about him, but that's what we saw. Don't forget ESPN fights too. ESPN Remember fights that? as well. Yep. Oh yeah, all back in the day. So watch them, and they had like the grainy footage with the people in the background, the black. I'm like, I don't know why I kept watching it, but yep. I still watched it though. Yep. Wide World of Sports. They love that guy. What was his name Jorge Paez. Oh, so no wonder hair. you like Jorge Paez. They yeah, they threw him on there all the time. That's all, that's all we saw. Okay. With this show here, people, we're not just going to talk about the fighters. We're going to talk about the promoters and the janky stuff that they do. Uh, the promoters, the business, and uh, some of the social media aspect that these guys are getting themselves into now. We see so much in boxing, me and you, Jorge. We've been talking for over the years. And there is so much soap opera that doesn't really get discussed that is really freaking funny. Dirty soap opera. Stuff that promoters, some fighters, when it's tied behind the scenes, they don't want to get it out there. But people leak it out there. It gets there. Exactly. You know, case in point in mind, before we start everything off, like Bob Arum, we can do shows on Bob Arum for months for not just just his history being a Hall of Fame promoter, but just the crazy stuff that he says to people cursing folks out, just saying his opinion. It is classic comedy soap opera ish that no one really discusses that we want to bring out because if people saw this, they would probably be more boxing fans, too. If you heard a 89 year old boxing promoter cursing out reporters. He's built his own brand with his own personality. Uh, Aram's a great person we can get to talk to about just history and decades of stuffy material he's put out there. Not to mention, I mean, probably some of their juicier stuff coming from Golden Boy and De La Hoya. He's uh, still uh, a young promoter in the game, exactly. uh, considerably uh, with some of the others that are, have been out there in the past. But at, uh, his stuff's uh, some of the juiciest that we can hopefully uh, dig into and talk about in the next coming episodes. Exactly. So... There is so much in the, in the world of boxing that we talk about all the time off the air. Like we can say that now off the air. There is so much that's going on in the sport. And even in pandemic season right now, we call it a season. Like it's a sports. Like, yo, we in pandemic season. But there are so many storylines, so many topics. 
And boxers love to talk if you get to know them. If you meet them in person, they're willing to be open. And so I'm looking at this opportunity for us to talk about something that no one's really seen, but I think is highly freaking entertaining. Oh, entertaining from our point of view when we've had our sidebar conversations, off-the-record conversations that we get to finally put on a live stream. So right. this I'm excited about. So we've talked a little bit about ourselves here. Um, we're gonna, As the show goes on over the weeks, months, this is not going to be a uh, you know, grand opening, grand closing show, people. We're going to be doing this for a hot minute because I like boxing. I like watching boxing. Yes, I'm whispering. I know that, but I can't control it. My friends know that. So that's what we're going to do for a long time, right, Jorge? It's your inner voice, David. Yeah, it's my conscience. Not even your conscience, is your day-to-day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, before we talk about boxing here, we got to do some shout-outs here. So people who do know me who's watching this, shout-out to Jump Off Live. We stream that live on Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Central Time on YouTube, also on Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, and Twitch. You can find us all on Jump Off Live. And you can. there's all my brothers here. There's Johnny Dangerous. There's Jeff Smith. And it's also J.D., Jeremy Dorsey, as well as myself here. So all four of us here. It's a reboot. We had the podcast over a decade ago. Fell off. Life happens. People have families. But once again, pandemic season. And we here. Jump off live. Wednesdays at 8 o'clock. What you got, Jorge? Uh, I want to shout out to uh, my Twitch stream on uh which uh, live underscore dominoes is where we can find us uh, doing a uh, casual presentation of our uh, of dominoes, competitive dominoes, where we uh, play with partners, uh, some cutthroat, some gambling involved. That's uh, all in good fun with a good crowd, uh, different personalities uh, playing there. And it's, you can find us uh, three times a week there, Tuesday, Thursdays and Saturdays at 8 p.m. Good stuff, man. So you got your domino podcast as well. We got Jump Off Live here, and then what we're doing here is boxing. So let's get to the proceedings proceeding here. What, what do you think? Should we talk about it? Absolutely. Want to be it. about it? Let's get to it. All right. So we wanted to talk about Terrence Crawford today, right? Terrence Crawford and Errol Spence. Mm, two of the best welterweights in the game right now. Can we say that? Uh, I'd say one of them is a proven welterweight in the game. The other one is uh, we've yet to be seen. Um. Yeah. I guess you're saying Terrence Crawford is yet to be seen. I think Terrence Crawford is yet to be seen. Great junior welterweight? Absolutely. One of the best to come out of the division, regardless of the fighters he's fought against. So you are not taking any stock into the knockout win with Kell Brook? Uh, not so much with Kell Brook. I was really impressed with his fight with Gamboa. Uh, he showed me some versatility there that made me want to follow him some more. The ability to switch from Southpaw to Conventional is uh, pretty impressive. The timing he has on it is pretty impressive. Uh, but I definitely wanted to see it with a higher caliber fighter to see where he employs that. Because I, judging from his fights, he will employ it. He will switch. And I want to see if that's something he decides to do with a fight like Earl Spence or with a fight that he liked to have prior to Spence, which is what's been talked about with Manny Pacquiao. I can... I guess I can agree with some of those points here. Uh, he has not had the true, the proven track record at welterweight, and a lot of it is well, all of it's not his fault. No. You know, um, you at the end of the day, he signed a contract with Top Rank because they're he's getting paid some of the most money in boxing. Top Rank has the ESPN platform, so they have money out the wahoo even during this during this time of the year right now because of the fact that ESPN is a sports show and a channel, and they need content, yep. and 
it is cheaper content in boxing than any other sport that they pay licensing fees to, whether it's the NBA or NFL, what they're doing. Boxing is the cheapest and it generates so many ratings. So Terrence Crawford is getting paid handsomely. But I wanted to bring out that with Terrence Crawford, he's in the same boat as Manny Pacquiao. Yeah. People don't realize this, that over the past decade, when we had the big fodder with Manny and Floyd Mm -hmm. and why they didn't fight That's a whole nother series of episodes that I think we want to do one day. Of course. Not one day, several days. I need to re-preference that. But Manny didn't have any dance partners either because he signed a top rank and Bob Arum, he, you know, to a degree, he does take care of his fighters. You know, I mean, there are some issues in the past with certain fighters, but that happens with any employer, any employee relationship. But Terrence Crawford has no dance partners because Arum has nobody in the welterweight division to put them in, except for mandatories, where the sanctioning body of the WBO makes you fight. So it doesn't matter who the promoter is, you're stuck doing that. But outside of that once-a-year fight, he has nobody in the stable of top rank for him to fight. And so, to your point, he's not proved himself because he doesn't have any dance partners. No, agreed, agreed. And, I mean, and, and like a lot of, that's your point. A lot of that's not his fault. The welterweight division, I think at this point, it's not as heavily filled with fighters the way it was during the Floyd Pacquiao era. Uh, they went through those together. They went through the welterweight division, went through each of the same fighters, each, each of them all, you know, each. So they basically moved on, right? This is a little bit different. It, you know, as soon as uh, Garcia and uh, Thurman had their belts and they got, they signed on with the, with Heyman and the PBC, uh, it looked like they didn't, you know, they, they, they kind of fell off. That was the way I looked at Garcia was a hungry fighter before he joined the PBC. Uh, same thing with Thurman. And as soon as those fights happened where they fought each other, you know, Spence fought the Kirk Norman Thurman, right? You fought Thurman? Spence ain't fought Thurman yet. They, they got beef, though. They that's got a, that's beef, another, though. yeah. Um, not to go sidebar since you brought up Thurman. I don't like him anymore. I didn't like him then. I thought he's, he's just I, I too cautious of a fighter with, with some abilities that if he had just gambled a little bit more, made him a more marketable fighter that way. I looked at him. He has so much talent. you know. So I was looking at him the fact that he could talk a big game. Like, you know me. I like people with personalities. Mm-hmm. Like we were talking about before we recorded here and we are talking about other fighters. If you're just quiet and you're like, yes, I come in because I fight and I'm humble. No. I want you, I, I want you to talk. And exactly. Thurman could talk. He had a mouthpiece, you know. The problem, though, like you said, he's economic, you know, with his punches. He's economic with his fighting. He made it seem like he was the money man division when he was never Never, a money man. Never a money guy. He got paid good. Let's not get it twisted. He got paid really good, but he was never a money man. And so he throws out Errol Spence. And I can understand that Errol Spence at the time was the young kid coming up. Mm -hmm. You know, so, of course, you're going to wait him out to a degree. But Spence is like, nah, you can't call me out now. When you wouldn't even give me the lie day, we couldn't even get a freaking conversation. Exactly. And now that you've been hurt, injured, lost your belt, no one ain't checking for you for two and a half years, and now you need a check now. No, I got two belts now. I'm the man. You come holler at me when you're ready, but you know what, though? I'm going to treat you how you treated me. And that's funny how that went by because Spence don't talk like that. Like, I got to admit, I'm a Errol Spence fanboy. Mm-hmm. Let's just put it out there, people. If you're watching this show, I am an Errol Spence fanboy, and I have pictures to document that because I met Errol Spence when he was only 8-0 seven years ago. On This is how far he's come along. He fought on a Thursday night card, like the fourth fight of like 14 fights on the Mayweather-Canelo weekend. Mm-hmm. He was only 8-0, about a year away from the Olympics, and I couldn't get, a, I couldn't get away from him. 
me and my pops, like my pops, you know, he passed away last year, rest in peace. But we went to Vegas together and saw Errol Spence walking around. I just step up to him. So we just talking everything. 30 minutes go by. Marvin Hagler walks by us. I see Adrian Broner around the corner. Tyson's is close to us. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking to Spence. Everybody wants to come and talk. And I couldn't get away from him. Dude was the most humble dude you can ever meet. That's why I'm such a fanboy. And I, I remember we got done talking to him. I said, whatever happens going forward, you got a fan for life. And he was like, and I, I still couldn't walk. He wanted to talk to me more. That's why I love Errol Spence so much. I was like, he didn't even know me, and he kept talking to me. So here we are seven years later now, and he's a multi-division champion. So I want people to know that I am a freaking fanboy of Errol Spence because of the fact that the kid is humble. People make mistakes. He had that car accident. Ain't like we never been drunk and drove before. I didn't, I'm not trying to make no light on that, but we've all been young in our 20s and done some dumb stuff. The point is, has he learned from that? Which I hope he has. But I'm a fanboy of Errol Spence. So when it comes to him and Terrace Crawford, I have a bias. Because I've met him. Sure. I know him. I met him as a young kid. And I'm like, he has the goods. And he's proven it. So when you say that Terrace Crawford hasn't proved it, yeah, to a degree. you know. But it's hard, though, because Terrence is knocking Mars out. Terrence is a natural junior welterweight. Once he gets up to welterweight, that's where things get a little bit more dicey. Um, and it's unfortunate. I guess the, with the promoters having their stable of fighters kind of uh, apart from each other, not able to get into a mixed uh, co-promotion of a fight. It would have been nice to see Crawford get into it with a Danny Garcia, uh, with a Keith Thurman, basically just kind of proving his medal the way he needs to prove his medal before he gets into a fight with Errol Spence. And he's just having to end up fighting the stable of fighters that top rank hands, which, which again, I, I think from both promotion promoter sides, I think the welterweight division is not as deep as it's been in the past. So I think at this point, they both need each other. But, uh, you know, I think with promoting, the money always gets in the way. The business side always gets in the way sometimes. Uh, so, I, you know, I, I'm hoping to see that fight in the future. But I, let's see what Crawford does uh, moving forward. And, and, and what he's mentioned is, you know, I think he wants to get into a fight with Pacquiao, which we've had a sidebar conversation before we jumped on live mm-hmm. about why he wants that fight with Pacquiao. And I like the points that you made about that. So reiterate those points. Yeah. So before Errol Spence beat the crap out of Danny Garcia last week, last weekend and before i can say let's just say that was just a beatdown. it was a beatdown. because he yeah. was scared to fight he was scared he felt his power and didn't engage he then you can tell the counter shots that he was throwing it was lazy jabs you can tell he didn't want that work but before the fight happened they were going back and forth on social media and i like that if the, if the two fighters are engaging that's better than they're not talking at all exactly you know and i understand that sometimes they may not go anywhere but at least they're acknowledging each other Yep. They're talking to each other. I don't know how far it goes, but Errol Spence was like, I deserve more than 50-50. I'm the man division. And he made some great points because at the end of the day, boxing's a business. Yep. First, these guys only have a small shelf life. Not everybody fights today 50 like Bernard Hopkins. No, nobody N- can do it with that. Nah. Tyson's 54 doing exhibition fights. You know, but these dudes here got to get their money where they can. So I'm on the fighter side. When it comes to that, Spence has two belts now. He has the IBF belt he won in 2017, beating uh, Kell Brook in England. And then he captured WBC belt by beating uh, Sean Porter. You know, so he unified both belts. So he has that in his negotiations to Terrence Crawford's WBO belt. So two to one, you got the unified champion. So just off the rip in boxing, he has that advantage. Then you have the fact that his welterweight record, if you're going to go negotiations, he has fought the tougher welterweights because he's been in welterweight his entire career. Exactly. 
Like you said about Terrence, he's at 135, and he cleaned out 135. He didn't get all the belts, but he cleaned it out. There was no one left for him. 140, same thing. Weak division, clean it out. 147, Kell Brooks is biggest competitor he's had to date right now, right? Yeah, and Kell Brook to me was an overhill fighter at that point. He True. already at that point he already had his fights with Amir Khan. He's He said for two or three years he couldn't make welterweight. Yep. And the fact that he got paid handsomely the reason why he made welterweight. The dude's a genetic beast when it comes to him, a physical marvel. He's always in shape. But for years he said he couldn't make welterweight. He got the check and he's like, oh I can make welterweight. <laughs> <laughs> so you add the resume. Spence has it at welterweight. Yep. So it's not about pound for pound. You in this division now. You can go pound for pound for the, the fanboys, but when you walk into that welterweight division, it's all about the top 10 dudes. Who are you going to fight? If you exactly. got a belt, actually, depending on the belt, top 15 guys. That's all that matters. That division. I don't care about what you did at 140, 135. So then you add the fact that he got a better resume. He's got more belts. It makes sense why Crawford wants to fight Manny. Exactly. Because that levels the playing field. Because then he, if he fights Manny Pacquiao and wins, Terrence Crawford, we're saying, that gives him the WBA belt. So now you're two and two. So now you're like going to the tables like, look here, baby, we both code. I got two belts, you got two belts. So we can't put that in the table. So then Manny's a legend. So that fight's going to be on pay-per-view. Yep. So that automatically gives Terrence Crawford a little bit more leverage that, yo, I know I was the B-side to Manny, but I still was on this pay-per-view and it generated this kind of money. I can help generate this revenue. This is why I want to fight Manny first. That helps build the publicity of me and the fight. And then when we do fight together, it's for all the marbles of the undisputed title. So that's why it's supposed to be 50-50 split. That's where Terrence Crawford's going right now when he says, I want Manny right now. And that makes sense because I mean Pacquiao is going to be the A side on that fight because he's he's he's, always a, he's, a, he's a legend he's always going to bring be the A side on that one. But it could be ten years from now he's the A side exactly. But Crawford being the B side is the B side is always going to matter. The B side has to help bring the funds in to be able to generate the revenue. And you having a top quality fighter like Crawford, he should be able to help Manny sell that pay per view. That definitely won't be a, no, a Manny only pay per view sell. How you quantify that doesn't matter because just on his record alone and, and the results he's provided before welterweight. Should be a selling point as is right there. Now, Crawford does need it for them to negotiate. Just to be able to come back to Spence at some point and say, okay, at least we can get to a 50-50 talk and work from there. After that, I mean, whatever dollars are at, at the gate, outside the gate, with the, with the pay-per-view sales, they can discuss that off the record. But that's, that's basically, I think, where Crawford's point is. He needs to get that Pacquiao fight. He needs to win that Pacquiao fight in order to come back to a negotiating table and say, okay, 50-50 at least. Right. I agree wholeheartedly. That's got to happen unless he has no problem taking a little bit less money. And sometimes, like, we have all these egos with with athletes in general. I think it gets to a certain point where that, and this is me, I shouldn't count other people's money. Yep. I don't want to do this, but Crawford needs this fight more than anything. He does. He is rich. I don't know how he spends his money, but he makes a minimum of 3 to $4 million a fight for ESPN. And not, and we don't know the back end stuff that they get as well. That's the biggest thing that we don't know about boxers is the freaking back end, because yep. we know all day long about Al Heyman's fighters never leaving, and these offers that they may have got more money from everybody else, but they never leave Heyman. So there's so much back end money that we don't know about. So Crawford needs his fight. He don't need the money. So I say that maybe he takes a little bit less, unless he holds out to his contracts over. That's the biggest sticking point that we're seeing right now is that it got released that his contract is coming up at the end of next year, like October 2021. Sure. He'll be a complete free agent. 
this is where we this is the dynamic of the Terrence Crawford soap opera now the last three weeks that me and you've been texting back yep. and forth before we uh started the show here people this is the funny stuff with Terrence Crawford and Bob Arum now it's a soap opera mm-hmm. they're going back and forth on media social media back and forth and 18 he just turned 89 this weekend Terrence Crawford with 31 so you literally got a 60 year old <laughs> difference then this old Jewish promoter and this young black man going back and forth where Aram saying, I could have built a beach house for the money I lost on Terrence Crawford this year alone. <laughs> yep, Did yep. you hear that quote? I heard about that quote. That was he, He's like, I paid Terrence Crawford so handsomely I could have built a beach house, people. Dang, that's that's just disrespectful. <laughs> I mean, it's, well, let me let me backtrack here. Aram felt the disrespect because Crawford's manager went public yep. saying that you ain't getting us the fights we need. We need legacy fights. You're supposed to be the biggest promoter in the game right now, and who are we fighting? Uh, Rundown Kell Brook, who Spence knocked out as well three and a half years earlier when he had never been beaten by a welterweight, and his only loss was the Triple G when he went up two classes to middleweight. Exactly. Where is our fights? Where is Terrence Crawford is the number one guy. And then Bob Aaron was like, who the hell are you? Yeah, he took that as a slap in the face because, I mean, at the end of the day, Bob Arum's got a job to do. Yeah, I, I get it. As a manager, you want to provide, get some Lowe's legacy fights and stuff. But Bob Arum is a promoter. He's got his stable of fighters. He's cross-promoted fights with other promoter stable of fighters. Let the man do his job. If he's not able to do the job, he'd be the man to tell you he can't get the job done for whatever reason, right? Whether it's just negotiating, bad negotiating from his part, so the other party's not wanting to partner up with him, uh, with their fighters, which... You know, more often than none, that's going to be the case, right? Unless it's a really big fight where both promoters make more money hand over fist that they can't walk away from it, right? Mm-hmm. But in this case, I mean, I, I can see where the Spence fight never occurred sooner than later because at the end of the day, Spence has the leveraging power to make the demands that he wants. Aram's, Aram's going to have has a tough problem in his hands with that. So I think no matter what, behind the scenes, they had to have had that conversation where Aram knows, like, hey, you're going to have to probably take less for that fight if we make it happen. He's probably gotten that kind of offer already. He just can't make it public, mm-hmm. right, because they're still in the, you know, still negotiating on behalf of the fighters, and they don't want to spit out, leak out anything to the public that might indicate that a fight might come out sooner than later. So it's, it's, I'm sure there's already a deal somewhere, right? They already came back with some offer, and I'm pretty certain that Crawford didn't like it. So I think this is more of a publicity ploy to kind of get out from the contract or at least express his appointment in order to get out of the contract altogether, right? So, I mean, in a way, the managers kind of fractured that, conver- that, that that relationship. And I'm to your point, I think after the contract's up, I think that's where we'll probably see the Spence fight with, uh, with Crawford. Once Crawford signs with the PBC, which is, which is what I think is going to end up happening. Me too. I was going to say that. That's I think it's all but inevitable. The fact that Aram is saying that all the money he's lost right now, and you're at the end of the contract with him, yep. and you promoted him your his entire career, this is nothing but a rerun, people. This has happened, and this is just boxing, not just Aram in general. When you have great fighters, I mean, like we said, we both believe that Terrence Crawford has now proved it on welterweight, but we both believe that he is a great fighter. Yep. He's a future Hall of Famer. I mean, he is. it's just the fact that he doesn't have the personality that just jumps out where we say, oh, wow, but... 37 and 0, all the knockouts, undisputed, yeah. uh, welterweight, junior welterweight champion, belt holder at 147, you know, multiple belt holder at 135. He's he's in there, class. I mean, we see him at 154 when it's all said and done. He will be a four belt holder. I mean, four division belt holder. Yeah, at the very least, he'll end his career super at junior middleweight for sure. You know, but I do see him at PBC because he's a welterweight. 
you know, even though like we've seen all the welterweights now, they're older now, like that stable, but all the welterweights, no matter how you look at it, they're all with PBC. Even the lower level guys, the mid tier guys, the only ones who are not with PBC are scattered around are the mandatories. Yep. You know, those are the guys in the top 15 that we don't even know about anyway. We hear about them when like, oh, oh, Spence got to fight this guy. The WBC appointed this. Oh, here we go again. Yeah. You know, but I'm hoping that the Manny Pacquiao fight does happen. Yeah, I mean, I, I, that's probably the last hurrah right there on top rank for Terrence Crawford. He gets that Pacquiao fight. I think that's going to be the end right there after that. After that, Aaron will be happy as a promoter to get to make the money out of that. Crawford will be happy to make the money out of that. And so will Manny, regardless of what happens as, as a result of the fight. But that, that that's essentially the end of that fight. And, and folks, I, I think Aaron's been in the game for so long. He's This is not, it's not his first go-around. You know, he's had Floyd. He's had Oscar. He's had guys essentially get to a certain point in the career where they kind of want to help, you know, they, they got managed to a certain point. Now they want to manage their own careers moving forward or at least find where the rest of the stable of fighters that they need to fight to fill up their legacy. At this point, Crawford is a great fighter. To your point, David, he's going to be a Hall of Fame fighter and eventually end up as a Ford belt title holder at some point. But he needs to start building his legacy now, and that's where I think he's struggling at. Yeah. And he's just he's looking for his way out to, to get to that. So Pacquiao's a great step up in terms of a legacy fight. His true legacy fight will be fighting Spence, somebody in his prime. Mm-hmm. And the only way that's going to make that happen is at the PBC. So, uh, you know, we'll see where that goes. But, you know, it's essentially, I mean, it's the end of their relationship. Yeah. You made some great points there. The main thing for Crawford, like I said, is if he goes to P- – if and when. Let's put it this way. It's not an if but when because Aram does not have enough fight. Terrence Crawford's not stopping fighting no time soon. Mm-hmm. And Aram does not have anybody else to put him in unless he got across the fence to talk to Al Heyman. Mm-hmm. They done it once. No, a couple of times now. We can mm-hmm. say Manny and Floyd and then Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder. Yep. They made money. And two fights for that. For yeah. That matter. Yep. They did two fights. And they were. And then the difference nowadays is people were fighting for real estate of the platform. Yep. Everybody was on HBO. So for people just to understand right now, we didn't have as many fights in the day because you had Top Rank who had a deal with HBO. You had Golden Boy who had a deal with HBO. You had Main Events promotion that deal with HBO. HBO has a, what, a, at one time, like a $30 million budget when they were top of the, the boxing world. Yep. $30 million is a lot of money, but it doesn't go far when you got that many boxing promoters. And then when you see these fighters who end up becoming stars, that budget gets wiped out by April or May. <laughs> and if you really think back to the way HBO was at the time, I mean, talk about go back to TV KO when mm. they were doing stuff on for HBO uh, for HBO pay per view, but they were also doing the, the the fighting after dark, yeah, boxing after that. dark. I mean, those I mean, they were very very good fights. They had the money, they had the money and the budget then. And at the time, fighters fought fighters. There was a lot less promotional hassle to get a fight going. That's just because now the bo- the boxing world, the boxing world's the business on the side on that end. Has been turned on its head, and I'll yeah. and I'll account that to Floyd and the way he managed it. Because before that, it was fighters fighting fighters. You had guys chasing division, chasing each other from division to division, to division. Trinidad beats De La Hoya, moves up to one fifty four. Other fighters all came there to follow him. Same thing when mm-hmm. they got to one sixty. Wherever the money was at, wherever the main fighter was, went up from division. All the fighters tend to follow. That was a the welterweight division at that era. From like the 90s into like the early 2000s was a magnificent era. Mm-hmm. Floyd comes into the welterweight division and just turns it on his head. Well, I'll, I'll get to that in a second. You made some great points there. Uh, Terrence Crawford, 
going to PBC, there's going to be tons of fights being made then eventually. Then. If, and, if and when it happens, because he'll be able to, he'll get the Sean Porter fight. That'll be a good fight. And I'm not talking about blockbuster fights. I'm talking about just for the rest of his career. He's going to sure. have Sean Porter available. He's going to have Danny Garcia available. Danny Garcia, even though he got beat down by Spence, he will take that check. I'm just saying, like, fights available to him that he could even fight these caliber of guys if he signed on the contract with Bob Merrim. Then the fact that even though we have not seen him fight a true welterweight, we've seen his power go to different weight classes. Mm-hmm. We're going to see that at 154 deep in, in PBC. Yes. 154 is deep. Matter of fact, Al Heyman with 147, 154, parts of 160, that is huge in the PBC sector. So Terrence Crawford going there, there can be some fights that could be in catchweight status. I mean, you literally can have, I mean, 154 don't have to be catchweight, but I'm looking at uh, the Charlo brothers. One, I, I get them mixed up, but one of them had three belts. Yep. That is a fight that could happen if he goes to PBC. Crawford has enough power to feel he may be the smaller man, but he has the ego that think he can he can fight a Charlo. He ain't scared. He oh he he Oklahoma he, he Oklahoma all day all day. Nope. You know what I'm saying? He ain't he ain't, he ready for that work. Like nope. I said, everybody else and in the welterweight division. So they may not be the fights you may be looking for, but for Terrence, there's at least six fights alone, not even counting rematches, going to PBC. And we don't have this conversation anymore about him not knowing how good he is at welterweight. I think he gets the fight with Spence. I I, I, I think on the welterweight division, I don't, I'm not as high on the welterweight division on the PBC, from the PBC point of view as I am on the junior middleweight. You are correct on junior middleweight. I think there are a lot of really interesting fights at 154 that can be made if a Spence moves up or if a Crawford moves up. But under at welterweight, like you had mentioned, Danny Garcia, I, he's at this point he's a gateway fighter, and yeah. I think a fight that if Crawford – Neither no, it would it'd be it'd be that fight first. But it's it's at this point I wouldn't it, I wouldn't even touch Garcia with a ten foot pole. I, I think Garcia is more of a gateway fighter for other up and coming welterweights that might be in the PBC's stable that we don't know about. Yeah. Um, same thing with Keith Thurman. I think he's probably he's still in, there too. We were just talking, yeah, yeah, he's, he's in the picture. There. So it's it's a legitimate. I'm just bringing them up not as they're legitimate fights. We can if let's say that if Terrence Crawford knocked out Danny Garcia the way he did Kell Brook, Danny Garcia got a jaw. He got a chin. Yep. He, he like the, he took that beat down from Spence and he stayed there for all 12 rounds. So I would look at it as that if Crawford could stop Garcia, that would showcase his power is legit and well to wait. Because the fact that Spence is gonna be at 154 soon. And he beat he battered Garcia. And I know it's one fight from the accident, mm-hmm. but he battered him and he couldn't put I mean and, and you'll probably agree with me, he kinda took this foot off the gas last few rounds. You know, he knew he looked like he had it won, and it was his first fight back from being flipped out of a Ferrari. But, you know, like I could tell from rounds 11 and 12, it's like, all right, he's just taking a little bit off right now. You know, he don't want to damage Danny too much. He's part of the team right now. He wants Danny to have another fight, uh, you know. Not so much damage Garcia, but I think he wanted to get the rounds in himself, right? Just I think he, no matter what, he came out there with 12 rounds. The last two rounds, like you said, he took the, the foot off the pedal there. He, he wanted to basically just get those rounds in, get the con- it's more for his conditioning. Like he needed to just prove that he can do a whole twelve rounds to himself, yeah, and feel good about it and stuff. Um, I think for Crawford, I'm not so I gotta, I'm not gonna be high on Garcia. I'm not gonna be high on Thurman. But he, he can, if he got a fight with Porter prior to Spence or Pacquiao, I think you got me. I think I'd be convinced on that one because Porter's a he's a he's a, he's a tough fighter no matter what. I will wait for anybody upcoming and anybody present. Yeah, I think Sean Porter is an excellent fighter. That it's just going to be a tough fighter for anybody. 
for anybody. He gave Spence a run for his money. Yeah, and I think I think in Crawford. I mean, that to me is a true test. So if if so if at the end of the end of this the contract for Crawford, if he doesn't get that Pacquiao fight before he ends up leaving and going to the PBC, I hope it's Porter first. I really do. I think if you can't get if you can't get Spence, unless you beat Porter. True, and I think the Pacquiao fight happened because people don't realize this, but the Pacquiao fight almost happened this year. It yep. went for COVID. There was well, it was two things. Um, it was going to be in Dubai or in Middle East. I mean, there was a couple of locations, but I know Dubai was number one. The money was there. Like they were, you know, I don't know if you noticed this past year or two, Dubai is coming with the bag. Yes, they are. They're, I mean, like the Anthony Joshua fight last December in Saudi Arabia. Like normally Bob Aram says, we hear all these things about the Middle East, but now they coming with the bag. So the fight was there. Manny Pacquiao was haggling a little bit, as we know, we always know he does. Like, let's be honest, Manny Pacquiao is rich broke. I've been saying this forever. So he's haggling over money and don't get it twisted. He's a name. He deserves to get as much money as possible because he's bringing that in. But, you know, all this, he was haggling a little bit slow and then COVID happened and then the fight just got, just got canceled. So then COVID picks back up. Now we don't have fans in the stands. So the money got cut in half and Manny's like, nah, I'm good. So he's just sitting back right now. The problem with Manny though, is that he still got the WBA belt. He ain't fought since he beat uh, Adrian Broner. He's gonna have to fight soon. He he can't sit for two years. <laughs> that belt is that belt is getting dusty right now, and that's why Crawford is calling that out right now too. That he ain't. It's one thing if he had a mandatory and like okay, you could pay someone to step aside. There is no. He's just sitting dusty right now on that belt, and that belt's gonna. Crawford's like, let me wipe that off. Yeah, a lot of belts are dusty this year. A lot of belts are definitely dusty this year, but oh, yeah. I, but but I know but that Pacquiao one is a is a dusty one. It's been picking up cobwebs uh, sitting in the pantry somewhere. Yeah. Um. So I would think that once the vaccine gets released, and you know, let's just say, let's look for May. Look for like April, May next year for that fight to happen. I think I won't be surprised we hear something sometime in January, middle of January, that fight get made, and that'd be and that'd be great. Like I said, a good way for Crawford to come out of top rank and end his career with that promotional company. And make us way to the PBC, and I guess, and 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 I'm hoping it happens. Actually, just be a good fight to watch in general. Pacquiao still presents a challenge for anybody, just because of his speed. Uh, the power may not be there the way it was before, but the speed's still there. True. You know, I mean, the man's like the, the man's an up and down point guard. You know, on the on the off season, basically playing basketball in his home country. So mm-hmm. <laughs> this would be a you know this would be good for Crawford to get that uh to get that fight out of the way, but. We'll see what happens. For, our, for our new boxing now fans, another reason why I want this fight is the fact that Bob Aaron would have to do a deal with Al Heyman again. So it's more, for, I look at it, like I said, we're going to talk about the politics of the boxing game. So I look at that, if they do another fight together, Manny still has another fight under contract with PBC. Because yep. Manny left, and that's why he's getting that. And like I said, this is nothing but a rerun. Because for a decade, Manny was in the same boat as Terrence Crawford. He could not get any fights. And and now we're seeing him in PBC. He's fought a few times last few years, fights he would have never received if he was with top rank. Yep. But now that we see PBC with Fox and Showtime, they have a huge budget. Yeah. To, and in top rank with ESPN, it's the worldwide leader in sports. They have a budget. That's why we're seeing them kind of work together the last few years. It's only It's been small, but the fact that we're seeing something that we haven't seen in the past. So I see Manny, and if it happens if and when, because the money should be right, because the Middle East is looking to drop coin. Yep. April. Know why? Manny always fights on pay-per-view in April. If the if there's no delays, it's always the last week of April, because Floyd always came single to mile that next week later. 
Now it's Canelo that's the sequel to Mile King now. Yeah, I think a lot of it's going to matter with how the vaccine gets released and when uh, air flights uh, across uh, international flights start working again. Hopefully, um, I would like to take a flight to Dubai on the cheap to watch a fight over there. Man, it's very beautiful over there. That'd be cool to do the show there. That'd be nice to do a show over there. But in general, I would love to see a fight. Wembley Stadium, Dubai, it'd be nice to get out and uh, visit some uh, different places there. And, uh, and Dubai's, they got the money. United yeah. Arab Emirates, they have the money. So. so on that note, I think we both agree that Spence and Crawford, even though we have question marks on Crawford, I still think it's fifty-fifty, because it's question marks. I think I, it's fifty-fifty. Sure. But if I, if you put a gun to my head, I'm saying Spence, because I'm already saying I'm biased. Sure. I've rocked with dude since he was a prospect. I remember seeing him in the Olympics in 2012 and got to meet the young cat. I'm saying nah, nah I don't care until he loses or does some dumb crap that says, oh man, he another boxer got hit in the head too many times, man. He's saying some dumb and doing some dumb stuff. Until that happens, no, I'm rock. I'm rocking with Spence until the wheels fall off, people. You can go down my Facebook post. You can see when he beat uh, Kell Brook in 2017. I was posting every single picture I have of him. <laughs> I'm like, yo, he gonna win. I have people who I used to ride the train with downtown. I'm like, yo, Errol Spence is the truth. And Errol's like, yo, why are you rocking so hard? He's that damn good. He's good. He's a good fighter. Uh, I'm not picking a side on that one. Um, definitely. I like Crawford's technical aspect. He, he seems like a very dynamic fighter. Any, but anytime you get a fighter that can switch both sides in the middle of the... There's one thing I'm going to do in the middle of the fight. He does it in the middle of the round. Yes. Every round if he wanted to. So he definitely changes eye level, forces a fighter to modify his footwork a little bit, how he wants to rotate to the left or to the right. So, I mean, he's, he, it's, it definitely changes the way a fighter can approach, especially if he does it to the right fighter. I, so I, I'm very intrigued by that fight. I, I have to see that fight. And I couldn't even put money on that fight either way or because I like both fighters. I like Spence. I like Crawford. Uh, Crawford's an intriguing fight or just because of his dynamic ability to put a different fight in front of a, against his opponent at any point. And he's strong on both hands. He's shown me he can knock you out with his left or with his right, depending on and no matter what stance he's on. So I think it's a good fight to watch. And to add that, Spence is a softball too. Yep. So the fact that Terrence is a natural orthodox fighter who looks like he's better as a southpaw. Like I said, in between rounds, he will switch so that you never know what to prepare for. Are you fighting a southpaw or an orthodox? No, you're fighting both. Yep. You're fighting two fighters. That's what makes Crawford so freaking dangerous. But then you say Spence is like, hey, I'm not a switch hitter. I'm just straight southpaw. I'm going to give you this right jab. And I'm going to give you this left hand to the body. And I'm going to see if you can handle this breakdown for 12 rounds. The one thing I will say about that fight, though, that makes made. Crawford is not fighting a straight up fight with Spence. He's going to be he's going to be boxing the entire twelve rounds. A lot of boxing. Who's moving. walking who down? I think Spence is walking him down, but I believe Crawford is going to be the more technical fighter overall. I think, at, 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 at the end of the day, I mean, it's, so it's going to be one of those things where they've been saying boxing styles makes fights. I think Crawford does not face Spence heads up like that. He's definitely going to be the shiftier one. I feel Hagler Hearns. Not, it's not going to turn out that way. The reason why I feel that way because I think Crawford's ego is so is so massive. He's going to try to attempt to walk Spence down because all the knockouts he's had, he's been a good to a great technical fighter. We've seen him like the fact that he can switch stances like that. How his dominant hand, he both hands are dominant. Yep. The fact that you know normally your jab is your weak punch. Now it doesn't matter what jab he uses, right or left. It's dope. You know, the way he gets that nasty mean streak when he gets into it. And then when you hit him flush, 
that first flush hit, he gets he likes it. That that wakes him up. So it's one of those things like, oh, um, like I'm hit now. Oh, we in a fight now. Let's do this. You know, so I look at his ego. He's going to attempt to walk down Spence, too, as well. And now we're going to see a pocket fight for me. And it could if, be and, early on. And, see that. and then whoever's power manifests first is going to be the one who backs off. And then we're going to see who walks down at that point. Yep. But if they both can take the power and if we can get a phone booth fight. Yep. Done. I'm done. Yep. Give, give, give me three of them. Oh yeah, give me four. I'll, if we can get if we can get the phone booth fight, that would be one of those where you okay. I'm just I'll pre buy for the second and third fight. Yeah, just get, put me on, put me on the payment plan with the new Floyd fight. You know, twenty four ninety nine now. If I wait till next week, it's thirty four ninety nine. And then no, I'll drop the twenty five now exactly. if they do that. But that's how I feel about that. The Terrence Crawford Spence fight, it's got to happen. I hope it does. We can't let this go by the cell date, man. There's not many fighters you've ever seen out there that can switch stance. So to your point with the jab. His jab will look like a lead right or a lead left, depending exactly. if he wants to switch at that moment. So the moment he throws, he looks like it's going to be a jab, and he stays in that stance. No, that's a lead. He's leading with yes. that one. So he's he's definitely got strength in both hands. I'm, I'm I, and then, Crawford's an interesting fighter. And then I want to see. I know we've, we've been going hard on this. I didn't know we can talk this long on Spence and Crawford. We can probably go. I knew we could. We, I knew we would. We could, yeah. I knew we would. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm just shocked to look at the clock here. It's like, wow, we've been talking this much on them. I am curious about Spence going to the body on Crawford. No one's going to, because Crawford's been so dominant in his career, no one's had the opportunity to go to that midsection yep. and just kind of pepper him up a little bit to see how he feels in round six. That's the only reason I'm thinking Crawford doesn't stay in the middle in the, in the middle with him. I don't think it's, a, it's, I think if he tastes Spence's power and he feels like, okay, if this is to be in the face, it's going to hurt a lot more in my body, I might have to fight him on the outside more than I want him to. Mm-hmm. And you'll see him make that adjustment. It should be something you'll see right away. I mean, if he feels it, you'll know he felt it, and he's he's changing whatever plan it is at, in mid-fight. And another thing I want to add, too, on that is the fact that we're talking about him going to the body, and we're talking about how he's able to handle that. Spence, like I, we mentioned off air, one of the issues that we saw with Spence and then um, the Sean Porter fight, I mentioned to you, is that he came in at 190 pounds before camp. Yep, tell me about that. So you... You cannot fight Sean Porter trying to drop 40, 50 pounds. He still won. He dropped him. Competitive fight. Sean Porter, no matter who he fights, competitive. He can beat any welterweight on any given night. Yep. It all depends on the circumstances, but the individual round that can cause that fight to go one way or the other. Exactly. This last fight with Danny Garcia, he came to camp around 167. Now, like I was mentioning to you, he had the accident, so of course he was in the hospital, so you know you're not going to have, you know, and then he was working out to get himself, you got to get go to rehab from the accident. So he's doing stuff that he probably wasn't doing in between fights that normally doesn't happen. He's making good money now, living high in the hog. You know, he had a Ferrari that crashed. You know, yeah, he's doing course. good right yeah. now, right? He's, he's living off the spoils of boxing. And he came in at 167. He only had to drop less than 20 pounds for this fight. And it was evident, like, when the weigh-in happened, Garcia was, what, two-tenths of a pound heavier than Spence, yep. even though Spence is the taller man, the longer man, and the bigger man. That's a good, good, yeah, good conditioning for the drain. I will say that to drain from one fight at 190 to 147 and then do it from 160-something to 147, his body can take the drain. And, but, but to your point about him being the bigger fighter pre, pre-training camp, he's also coming in at, on the fight night putting on those five, 10 pounds right back. Yeah, and so we saw that when he fought Garcia, he was at least a middleweight. Oh, absolutely. He was at least 162. Yeah. I mean, we've seen guys balloon overnight, but he was in, in shape. You can see his 
deltoids. He was just chiseled like yep. someone from um like in Paris, France, no statues. I'm like, how did he come in less weight? But he's just a bigger man. And so that's going to be another thing to look at, too, is because Crawford's 5'8", and Spence is, like, what, 5'9". Yeah. They both have a 72-inch reach, so the reach is not going to be a thing. The thing is the size. So if someone who was 190 pounds, Crawford start off at 135. I only see him getting that weight when he retires, and he ain't got to work out no more. See, yeah. Spence is still young, and he walks around now when he doesn't work out properly at 170, 180. He's a big man. So that's another thing to keep in point. Like if Spence, when he comes in shape and you're seeing that, and he's also the bigger man, Crawford can crack, but he's never fought a dude that's as big as a middleweight walking to the ring. I mean, that's a question that we have to ask. It'll be interesting in Crawford and Pacquiao because that's going to tell. I'll be telling. I'll be very telling. Everything leading up to the fight, how we approach training camp, because at this point I don't have a real good, clear picture on his walking home weight. I'm thinking if he's fighting at 147, he's definitely staying within range so that way he can lose the weight. Uh, let's say about seven pounds. Let's say, let's say he's walking around home at 154. That's just I'm mean, my personal guess. I, I would think that how he comes in to fight Pacquiao, he's going to make the weight without a problem. But it, does this, it will be interesting to see him if he's body put on more muscle. right? We haven't seen him fight since the Kelbrook fight. So it's, you know that, that'll be interesting to see what his body shape is going to start looking like as he starts filling up as a welterweight. Mm-hmm. Right? And to see if that power comes with him. What, the, what works for Crawford is the ability to switch. Will it take him longer to switch? Will he decide to take longer to switch? He was making free, so. he was making free, more frequent switches at 135 than he got than he did at 140. At 140, he was still switching, but it was it was not at the same tempo at 135. Let's see how he does at 147. I with, think at, he's going to go to Southpaw round one like he did with Kel Brook. I think he does too, just to kind of. He's uh, just going to go straight to it. If I'm Errol Spence and I'm game plan this, I'm not even game plan orthodox. I'm just going to look at He's coming in Southpaw right in around the one minute and 20 second mark of the first round. I need to be prepared that that lead right is now going to be a jab. It should it should be. It, it, I would probably point. So this is where the footwork matters quite a bit. If, if you rec- there's a foot, there's a fight I can recall that the footwork mattered quite a bit. And that was a. The Cotto Sergio Martinez fight. Oh, Mart- yeah. Martinez had leg hurt le- hurt legs, but Cotto was within his in his stepping range. Basically, he had his footwork basically forcing uh, Garcia uh, Martinez to basically fight a different way, and basically he was running into all the lefts and rights that Cotto had. I would think Crawford might be if he switches to, to conventional at that point, he's going to basically do it because he can get his foot around him and able to position his body a certain way. Let me say, that's a perfect storm for Cotto, though, because Martinez was done. That last fight, he fought, uh, this, is my, this is my boxing history here now, he had fought Chavez Jr. before that fight, and he had jacked up his knee in that Chavez fight, and his wheels had never been the same. So I honestly, we might disagree on this, I honestly feel that if Martinez never had the jacked up knee, he would be Cotto. Because Martinez, Sergio Martinez, I know we're going off topic here, I just had to comment on this. His ability to be great during his prime was his athleticism. He was, I say, uh, a broke-down version of Roy Jones of his prime. That's how good the athlete is. When I say broke-down version of Roy Jones, people, Roy Jones is probably one of the greatest athletes we've ever freaking seen. So when I say you're a broke-down version, I'm saying, like, Roy Jones the NBA and you the college version, which means that you, you cold, you just, you just ain't one. He's, you're two. And so he fought at one. He was at one fifty four, one sixty. So that's where Jones started off at. Soon as he lost his wheels, it was just easy pickings for Cotto. 
I don't disagree. I think it would have been a better fight if Sergio... I think, first of all, that fight would still be made even if Sergio didn't hurt his... Oh, yeah, it that would have happened. Was, I'm not saying it wouldn't happen. I just think I think it would have been a more entertaining fight. Yes. I think that... I would. I don't know if Cotto would have won that fight, but it would have been an entertaining fight. Yeah. But with that said, the reason I point that out is the example for Crawford and Spence is because if you do a little digging on the fight itself and watch some of the footwork that Cotto did there. Martinez couldn't adjust. Cotto was able to get to a point where he can position his feet outside of his body and be able to throw his right, right dead in the middle. That's kind of the point I was getting at right there. I think if Crawford yeah. decides to switch to conventional, he's looking to get his feet out a certain way so that way his right is basically lined up with his chest and his head. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that wholeheartedly. So I think we're on the same page here. We want to see the fight. We don't want to see no fights not get made. You know what I'm saying? Like, of course. I, I, I hope that the Manny Pacquiao – I mean, I'm a fan of negotiation too. I'm a nerd like that. I'm a numbers guy. I mean, you're probably the only – I'm probably the only guy that you've known that have read the last three CBAs for the NBA. And I'm not even a lawyer. Yeah, you like, you like, that, you like, that, you like that paperwork on the business end and stuff. I, yeah. I, I get the business aspect of it. It's, it's, I like, it's annoying because my fan part of me says, yeah, I know. what the – Hell's going on? I here. know, I know. I I like that though because I just like to see what's going on. But for this one here, I want to see Terrence. Well, actually, in a perfect world, I would rather see Terrence Crawford fight Sean Porter. That'd be the fight I'd because more to see than anything. Because that answers your question about yeah. welterweight. Yeah. Because Sean Porter coming at you for twelve rounds, and if he wins that fight, like in the same way that Spence, it's gonna be if let's say if Terrence Crawford wins, it's gonna be the same way that Spence won. There is no other way a Sean Porter fight goes if you're gonna beat him the way Kell Brook beat him, and then the way that uh, Sean Porter, yeah. I mean the way uh, uh, Errol Spence beat him. So if Crawford can get that. I would. I mean, of course, for the negotiation for him, he would get the other belt with Manny. I just look at the fact that he fought Sean Porter. He's fighting a guy still in his prime who's going to give him hard 12 rounds. And then it's, he's going to be buttered up. He's going to be, I mean, Crawford, I mean, he's going to, everything in the middle, punches from Porter. It's just going to smother him. It's, it's going to be It's going to be dirty. It's going to be rough and rugged. But you know what, though? For any question marks, if he wins that fight, you'd be like, yo, listen, this, this is the fight of the year now. Him and, him and Spence is fight a year. I mean, know. for a long time, I was like, I'm saying I'm to people like, okay, Porter lost the fight to Spence. I actually thought Porter deserves a rematch. Because I think that, I mean, to me, he, to, to lose the belt and then to work your way back up to get to the title fight with Spence. And I thought, put out a pretty good showing against Spence. Gave him a run for his money. I thought he deserved a rematch at some point. I, I don't disagree why Spence didn't want it because that's, that's a hard fight to make a second time in a row. Whoa. But but let, let me cut you off there. They're, tr- off. They're, they're, tr- they're trying to do that right now. That's that. Well, here's the problem. Well, it's not a problem, but Porter was told that he was guaranteed the winner of Garcia Spence. Mm-hmm. So, I guess way to the PBC is going. They know that Manny's not taking a fight right away with anybody right now. Because because at one time Spence wanted Manny Pacquiao as well, because so he can get three belts. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and he's within the PBC world, and that was a time when Spence a few times said, "Hey, I want Manny," sure. and now he's not even talking Manny because he knows that fight's not going to happen. Yeah. So why even talk about something that's just a waste of fodder right now for yeah. him? But that is something that can happen, and I want to see Sean Porter against Terence Crawford, you know. But if Manny happens, cool. But that's what I really want to see because that answers all the questions you said. Yeah, exactly. You yeah. know, and of course, if you beat Manny, but at the same time though, that's one of those. It's a trick back because we don't know if Manny's really 42 or not. I mean, I believe that he's a dynamic athlete and he's going to come in the ring and he'll beat any lower level welterweight. I just look at someone like uh, Terrence Crawford, he could look 42. 
He will. He could look forty-two against uh, a Terrence Crawford. It's, it's again. I mean, like I said, Pacquiao is probably the one. There's a fight that Crawford wants for negotiating purposes. Fight fan, I want him to fight Porter. I want him to fight. Yeah. I want him to fight something legitimate that will definitely get me to watch something that's going to be rough and rugged. Tries to prove out whether he's a true welterweight or not. And I kind of want to see how he handles a Porter. He see if he does something to Porter that nobody else has been able to do to Porter before. And that's what I'm. That, mm-hmm. there, there's some intriguing lines there that can be discussed, and I'm hoping to see that fight instead. If Pacquiao comes first, the, the thing with the Pacquiao is interesting. While he's still with Aram, why would Heyman ever give potential give up that ability to still? I mean, because basically, if you think about it from a belts point of view, the belts are lined up on the PVC side. Yeah, they're all there. So that, why would Heyman allow that? The only thing I can think so is just Heyman's looking to get this last paycheck. Out of Pacquiao, no Pacquiao's running out in the sunset, and mm-hmm. this would be, and this is just more like a cash out from Heyman's point of view, knowing he's gonna probably end up working with Aram again if if he decides to stay around with top rank, which I don't think that's gonna happen, and I think it's all gonna be in the PVC. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, so like I said, Pacquiao, the most likely is Pacquiao, but I still think want Porter first. That's yeah. what I'd rather have. And you make a good point. That's normally been the universe here with PBC slash Golden Boy. Because we'll talk about that in future shows. But Premier Boxing Champions is nothing but uh, renamed Golden Boy Promotions. It's exactly. just it was, it was just a hostile takeover because Oscar was drunk and high and wearing fishnet stockings and doing coke all day every day and lost most of his fighters. I'm not lying, people. That's really kind of what happened. It's a vote sure. of no confidence for Golden for, for yeah. Oscar. That's what that was. I mean, I'm just being honest here, people. I'm not. I'm being joking here, but that really happened. Yep. You know, so. PBC slash Golden Boy has always had those three belts. If you look at it, the WBA, the IBF, and the WBC, and has always been because of Floyd, and he's always had two belts. And during that time period, Andre Berto had a belt, you know, for, you know, for a he little bit. He was hanging around yeah, there Yeah, he was somewhere hanging around because he was a hand, a, a, a hand client, you know, so he had a belt there, you know, but he was never going to fight Floyd right away, get the, get that uh that uh, that WBA money, whatever it was he was holding exactly. at the time. You know, but then Floyd dropped out, come back in, but all those belts stayed. Yep. When that side, only the WBO belt was with Manny, yep. and now of course Terrence Crawford. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, and that's why we're here today because Aram cannot get a welterweight. I mean, and and the way I look at it is that Crawford will have one more fight. Yep. I hope it's a big time fight. But then when this contract ends, he's not going to resign. It makes no point for him to even renegotiate. Aram said we talked about earlier that so hopefully he gets old, not just some running the mill mandatory fight in April or May, and then his contract's over. I really hope that he gets a decent fight, and then when he crosses over to PBC, then we're going to see all these fights come along then. Then it's, it's, it's no excuses then. Because, yep. like, there. And, and here's the thing. Spence is fighting everybody in PBC. He's fought Porter. He's fought Garcia. He won to fight Thurman, but Thurman was being an ass. Mm-hmm. You know, and then you take, he fought Kell Brook. You know he's now at PBC, but he went to England and fought him. He's If, if it's there, he's going to fight him. Yep. Crawford comes over there, the fight will happen. Yeah, the fight will happen. It'll be easier it's, to happen. Yeah. So... I'm looking forward to it. Hopefully, it's December now as we're recording the show. So let's see what happens in 2021 that we get the welterweight fights that we want, right? Hopefully, something next month. Hopefully, sometime next month we hear some at least some progress towards uh, a good fight card coming up. Hopefully, in the spring. That's that's really what I want to see. But uh, to your point about Crawford, though, I mean, I, I think if he gets a, a mandatory, uh, Crawford is just basically fulfilling the end of that contract and he's done with top rank. So. Uh, it'd be, uh, hope we don't see it. I'll be feeling fight Pacquiao or, or Porter, but if not, uh, farewell to Crawford and see you in the PBC. Yeah. I didn't know this show was going to go. We, we had talked offline about how long this first episode was and we went 
a full normal length episode. We th- we're going to make this one short for the intro here. So I think we're going to close this episode out here, man. We've been talking and talking. We can go for two or three hours, man. So we got to find a time to stop this here, my friend. Yes, this is uh, the quality of conversation you're going to hear, guys. This is what we've had for 10 years now, mm-hmm. you know, in person, over the phone. This is how we've been for a long time. Uh, looking forward to providing more content to you listeners and viewers. And uh, that, definitely think this is a close of the show. Yeah, so we want to let everybody know thank you for checking us out. You get the time here to like and subscribe on YouTube, Boxing Now Podcast. Also, if you want to join the Facebook group page as well, uh, Boxing Now. Also on Twitter, Boxing Now. Also, too, like we said, check out our other formats, Jump Off Live. We have that going live streaming Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Central Time with my boys Jeff, JD, and Johnny Dangerous. Uh, Jorge, we yep. want to plug. Yep, whenever you guys get to Twitch, live underscore dominoes is the way to find us, uh, the exact way to find us. Or you can just type in live dominoes on Twitch, uh, Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Saturdays at 8 p.m. All right, so this is the end of episode one, people. Uh, we're going to be back for episode two. Uh, hopefully we make it to episode two, right? Oh, we're going to get to episode two. Yeah. It might run longer, too. Yeah, you know, so... <laughs> It might run just as long. Yeah, so uh, like and subscribe. Uh, We'll be back for episode two. Until then, we hope everybody enjoyed this. Boxing freaks all across the world will be back. So from my man Jorge, I'm that dude named Dave. We're out of here. Be safe, everybody.